0: The Arizona Coyotes have their first three-game win streak of the season. I talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Coyotes. You're Locked on Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. I'm Carl Pavlock, uh, just going to be me today. Unfortunately, Robin wasn't able to join me again. Uh, she will hopefully be back very soon, but it was another crazy episode, a uh, crazy game. So I just wanted to talk to you guys about it. Uh, before we begin, I do want to thank everyone for making Lockdown Coyotes your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so, if you heard Monday's episode where I recapped the Coyotes' not or eight to five uh, win over the Ottawa Senators. You probably got an idea that I was not expecting anything like that to happen again anytime soon. uh the Ottawa Senators are not a good team uh the coyotes have had these like rare bursts of offense, but they've never been able to do it consistently. Consistency has been a major issue for the coyotes, but honestly they decide to prove me wrong almost immediately um they have now gotten their first three-game win streak of the season, and you know that's not good. It should not be this late into the season where they get their first three-game win streak. They're 56 game terrible, uh, but they have managed to win their last two games with a combined 17 goals scored, which is just absolutely insane. Uh, I think uh, Catherine Silverman put it best uh, last night when she tweeted, it took the Arizona Coyotes 12 games to score their first 17 goals of the season, LMAO. Uh, Because of course, it is insanely funny to see how far this team has gone. A team that has struggled to generate offense from Yeah, I'd say years ago, not even this season, but just in general, the Coyotes have struggled to generate any kind of offense. And yet somehow they have two eight-goal nights, or now eight-plus-goal nights, because they scored nine. Um, It was a phenomenal showing. Uh, Before we get started with the game, I do want to share one story. It's one of the more popular stories that's been gone on around this game. Which is saying something, because a lot happened in this game. Uh, Coyotes forward Phil Kessel, uh, he had first shift on the ice, played 30 seconds, immediately went back to the locker room. Uh, it, apparently, according to Craig Morgan, uh, Alex Morello had charted a flight, so Phil Kessel can continue his Ironman streak and be in Phoenix for the birth of his child with his wife, which is just a heartwarming story. Um, Phil Kessel has now played 956 consecutive games. Way to go. Uh, he is deep in that, in that hunt for, for the Iron Man streak. He's going, you know, neck and neck with former Coyote Keith Yandel. It's, it's really cool that two coy- Coyotes are involved in Iron Man streaks like that. Um, and actually it goes back to one of the things that Robin and I have talked about, um, especially when discussing Keith Yandel. Uh, Ironman streaks are really fun, and I love watching them, but it's very nerve-wracking to have a player on your team on an Ironman streak, and I am just glad that the Coyotes were able to find some way to make this work, because I don't want Phil Kessel to miss the birth of his child, that's just a, you know, bad thing, and I know he is hunting for something that very few people have, he is, like, very deep in that, but, you know... Ultimately, you got to be there for your family. So I'm really glad that Kessel was able to continue the streak. Uh, He is set to return on Thursday against Toronto. So that should be fun. Um, but yeah, that was just a real like kind of heartwarming story. Um, that kind of started off. I, I think they didn't necessarily say it right away. Um, the Coyotes PR department tweeted on Twitter, and we got some details on ESPN Plus. Um, but yeah, just a, a fun, heartwarming, feel-good story. And if you thought that that would derail the Coyotes, if you thought that the Coyotes offense relied on Phil Kessel. I mean, you you probably haven't been watching this season, but um, you were wrong. The Coyotes quickly showed that they did not need Phil Kessel, that they were fine with letting him go and being their first family, and they were going to step up. Um, And I thought that was the best thing. Uh, Kessel had 30 seconds, first 30 seconds of the game. A minute and six seconds in, Travis Boyd scored the first goal. So think about that Phil Kessel left his team and, and let's be fair like he knows that this team isn't going to the playoffs he's no he's not like they're not hunting for that final spot there's no real reason to you know to be with the team unless it's for pride for for a player like Kessel he's no he knows he's not abandoning them in, in their hour of need and either way it's for his family and everyone was really cool about that which again great to hear but when he was taking off his jersey and his pads the coyotes had already made it 1-0 like i cannot think of a bigger relief that must have like crashed over phil kessel this entire game because if they had struggled um and again if the coyotes were in a good position and people actually cared about the games like This would be a monster moment. Um, Think uh, Tuka Rask in the bubble where he just like said, no, I just need to be with my family. I go, like people do not respond respond well when athletes sometimes make these decisions. And there's definitely a conversation that can be had about that. uh, Not one that I could have by myself on this episode, but we don't need to have that conversation because the Coyotes were able to just kind of take care of everything. It wasn't a situation like, you know, Dad's gone early, and the kids throw a party and trash the house. No, the kids in this case, you know, Nick Schmaltz, Clayton Keller, and Jacob Chikrin cleaned the house and put left it in better condition than it was in before dad left. And that's just really cool. I am glad that the team is able to stick up for themselves for each other in all these different ways. We're seeing it this year a lot with like just the more physical play, like physically if you mess with a coyotes player this year someone's going to come over and you know mess with you Allah, uh, you know Liam O'Brien who just signed his two year extension big part of that uh, but just in general like the coyotes are finding ways to make sure that you know one player going out doesn't completely tank everything and that's really what the, you need you need these guys to step up and real and like think of each o- of themselves as a team and I credit that to to Bear. Like it is so important to have a good coach in the first year of a rebuild who is able to make sure that these expectations are set and that people are following through. And I, I honestly cannot think of a better, like just kind of showcase than these past couple games of a team that fully buys into their coach's system and that team getting rewarded for it. It is Phenomenal to see! I cannot wait to see it during the rest of the game or during the rest of the season. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the game, but first, I have a quick word from our friends at Built Bar, and that message is: Have you tried the puffs? If not, you are missing out on one of the best tasting Built Bar flavors. The puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar; they're a treat. Plus, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's real chocolate, people. You know you love chocolate. Everyone loves chocolate. Uh, puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, my personal favorite, the banana cream pie. They're all so good. Make sure You will be sure to find your own favorite. Uh, Built Bars are also relatively healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So if you're having a little bit of a treat, you're not gonna feel too bad about it. What I want you to do is go to built.com and use the promo code Lock15 to get 15% off your orders. That's promo code Locked15 for 15% off at built.com. And we're back, Carl Pavlock with Locked On Coyotes. Again, just gonna be me for today. Hopefully, Robin will be able to join me tomorrow for our breakdown of the game or preview for the game against the toronto maple leafs uh and then subsequently the following breakdown uh before we continue i do want to thank you for making lockdown coyotes your first listen for your next listen check out lockdown now podcast it's recaps of every nhl game with analysis from local experts it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts so let me just talk about this game because it was an insane one um nick schmaltz Continuing his hot streak, he had seven points against the Ottawa Senators. He had two goals, two assists for four more points, 11 points. I think he is the only player, I didn't say this correct, but he's one of the few players to have 11 points in two games in the Coyotes-Jets franchise history. That's right, we are talking about records that are being set good records being set that go all the way back to the Jets era where, you know, it was the 80s. So hockey wasn't the most energetic, but the, the Jets had some legit talent, like more so than the Coyotes. They had Team Ussolani, Um And I always felt like that is uh, often ignored by the rest of the NHL. I think people in Arizona like to talk about the Jets, uh, especially when I first started watching, because the Jets didn't exist yet. The Coyotes have made the Jets 1.0 franchise a part of their history. Like, I do not think that is the case with most other teams, uh, even relocated teams. Like, if you look at the Colorado Avalanche, they found success pretty early on. Um, you know. Winning a Stanley Cup right away kind of just sets a, like, yeah, we're going to have our own era. Um, Carolina, they do occasionally throw back to the, to the old uh, Hartford Whalers. Uh, Got to love those throwback jerseys. But I don't know. I, I don't necessarily see the same kind of embrace that you do with the Coyotes. Um, I may be wrong, uh, but – Carolina seems to be doing their own thing. If, if you're a fan of the Hurricanes and you think I'm wrong, you know, let me know. And, and of course, the Jets uh, seem to completely ignore the Thrashers any chance they get and just call back to the Jets 1.0, which probably isn't the smartest marketing move because most of your fans probably weren't around for then. And if most of your fans are around for the Jets 1.0, you have a problem of having an Aging fan base. Uh, And that's not going to end well for you. Um, So, yeah. Like, I I do think that it's important that whenever we're talking about Coyote's franchise records, we go back to the Jets 1.0. And we're doing that with Nick Schmaltz. And just phenomenal play lately. But he wasn't the only one. Uh, Nick Ritchie also had two goals and an assist. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, one of Ritchie's goals was initially uh, credited to Yedis Mosier. So, Richie was on a hat-trick watch for most of the game. Uh, He got that second goal uh, just under five minutes into the second period. His first was at 8.15 in the first. So for over half the game, Nick Richie was on a hat-trick watch, and nobody knew. Uh, I I think it would have been hilarious if he had gotten a retroactive hat-trick, because those are always kind of fun. I I like it when stuff like that happens. jacob chikrin also had two goals and an assist um clayton keller a goal and two assists uh phenomenal goal from clayton keller just absolutely beautiful uh barrett hayton three assists uh he initially also had an an assist on that mosier goal so when nick Ritchie got his second goal it took away Yanis mosier's goal and it took away barrett hayton's fourth assist which i mean this was Hayton's first three-goal assist game, so it's fine. Hayton had a phenomenal game, uh, especially against the te- against the the player who he is often compared to, or was, Philip Zadina and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, just love that. Uh, all the Coyotes but one had—or all the Coyotes' defensemen but one had a point— um, Kolya Chernak, unfortunately, was the only Coyotes player to not register a point, or Coyotes defenseman, I keep interrupting correcting myself, to not register a point, which is, I mean, that's fine, it's absolutely fine, Um it's not gonna be everyone, and I, I thought Kolya Chernak played a, a good game, um, not his best, but by no means was he Taking it easy, wasn't slacking. The Coyotes have three rookie defensemen who have been pretty much staples of their blue line, uh, Dyson Mayo, Yanis Moser, and Koliachanek. And I think they're all doing really good. They're adjusting pretty well. Um, And then of course, uh, Carol Vemelka, let's not forget him. He had 26 saves on 28 shots. He's perfect on five on five. Unfortunately, gave up two goals on the power play which is definitely something that we can talk about. Um, and we will talk about next segment because I do think that there are plenty of areas where the Coyotes need to still improve. Two good results are phenomenal and I love it. And I will celebrate the 17 goal, two goal, two game series for Probably one of the highlights of the season, like at the end, but still, like the Coyotes definitely need uh, more consistency. Um, but yeah, they'll be a little bit more, and just some of the other players who had multi-point nights: uh, Louis Erickson, two goal or two assists, good for Louie. Travis Boyd, goal and assist, um, great for Travis, uh, who. Just signed that extension. Two years he's going to be with the Coyotes. Um, he was, let's see, uh, Schmaltz and Mayo assisted on Boyd's first goal, the one I talked about that uh, Kessel would have heard in the locker room. And then Boyd assisted with Keller on Schmaltz's second goal. So just some phenomenal chemistry from that line. Uh, I I I don't know how long it will last because I think eventually you're going to want to slot someone – High skill, like if the Coyotes can get like a high skilled center in there, you're going to want to put him with Keller and Schmaltz just because you want to increase that. But for right now, Boyd's working out really well. He's a phenomenal stopgap, more than I think anyone thought he would be. Um, But yeah, I'm going to go into a little bit more details for the game, um, all coming up in a little bit. But first, another quick word from our sponsors. And we're back. Carl Pavlock, locked on Coyotes, recapping yesterday's 9 2 win over the Detroit Red Wings. And just going to go with some random thoughts, uh, some just things I liked about the game, things that I think they need to improve on. Um, let's talk about what I think was one of the most memorable parts of the game the Coyotes chased two goaltenders. Ah. It is quite the thing to watch. Um, I am, let's see, the, I'm trying to pull up the pronunciation. Uh, I cannot, uh, it's Alex Nijedzikov. Alex, I'm so sorry I mispronounced your name. Uh, And I am sure I absolutely failed with that. Uh, I cannot find the pronunciation lookup. But he initially started. lasted until Schmaltz got a goal a minute and four seconds into the second period. And, you know, they decided, all right, he's not doing it. We're going to put in former Coyote, Thomas Grace. Thomas Grice faced three shots. He gave up two goals on those three shots in three minutes and 45 seconds. Jacob Chikrin... And Nick Ritchie. Uh, and again, at the time, everyone thought that Nick Ritchie goal was Yanis Mosier. So I can only imagine how embarrassing it was to give up two goals to a defenseman. Uh, the Nick Ritchie goal, honestly, like that's just not one that you're gonna get. Uh, for one, we all thought it was Yanis Mosier because there was a very, very you know sneaky deflection off of Richie's stick, and then. Don't let Jacob Chikrin alone in the faceoff circle. He's been looking really good right now. So, yeah, it's probably best if the if the Red Wings don't do that. So, uh, Grice was pulled, and I, I can't think of many instances where we have seen the Coyotes force their opponent to pull a goalie this season. It just doesn't really happen because the Coyotes are not that high offense team, but they did, they managed to get two goalies pulled. Freaking insane. I'm honestly surprised they didn't suit up someone and just try and see what could happen. Um, as I mentioned before, the Coyotes did give up two power play goals. Um, the first one was in like, one second remaining. It was not a good penalty kill by the Coyotes. The Red Wings had gotten set up. I think they spent most of the entire power play in the Coyote zone with Arizona barely being able to clear. And that was just unfortunate. Um, the second one midway or late in the second, uh, Jacob Verena got his first goal, uh, in his first game back, which is honestly pretty cool. Uh, I don't, I I don't necessarily mind that, um, especially because the Coyotes were already up at that point, six to two. But I think the big difference that we saw with the Coyotes after these failed penalty kills was that they responded well. Uh, two minutes and nine seconds after, um, the first goal, Nick Ritchie scores his first of the, of the game uh two minutes exactly after verena gets the second one Nick schmaltz scores um clayton keller looked like he was gonna get that goal on a breakaway he was absolutely tugged from behind uh that would have probably been a penalty or a penalty shot if schmaltz didn't get the goal on the rebound um which was kind of fun uh i I (sighs) clayton keller definitely wanted that goal at the end um And ended up getting his twenty-fourth, like midway through the third period. But either way, two minutes after giving up a power play goal, the coyotes respond with a goal of their own. And I think that's what's been missing from the from the coyotes this season. If you score on them, what is that next shift gonna look like? What's the next two minutes gonna look like? What's the next five minutes gonna look like? We've seen all these collapses where, you know, some of them are in three minutes, some of them are in five, some of them are in eight, but that next couple minutes after giving up a goal what do you do and the coyotes last night scored that, that's how they responded they just kept scoring and there's plenty of ways to have a response shift you could have a, a great like smothering defensive shift uh, you can you know have a fight drop the gloves you could do a big hit we, we've seen all those things before but the thing that i always find most effective. The thing that I'm looking for a team to do is to respond with a goal. And the reason for that is goals win hockey games. None of that other stuff does. All that other stuff can lead to goals happening. Like if you deliver a big hit, that could potentially you know, inspire the team. It takes someone out of position. It can do a lot, but it doesn't score the goal. And the Coyotes' problem for this season, for last season, for the past couple seasons is... They don't have people to score goals, and that's just not the case anymore. Like, and it's you know the people that you thought were going to score goals. Clayton Keller got his twenty fourth of the season. Clayton Keller has already reached the twenty goal plateau, and there are still what nineteen, uh, no twenty nine games left to play. We're at 50, uh, math. Uh 26 games, I believe. Um we're at 56. Uh yeah. So 26 games. Uh it's still early for me. I'm I'm drinking a monster. Uh, but yeah, the coyotes still have plenty of games left to play. Does Clayton Keller become a 30 goal scorer? I mean, it could happen. Nick Schmaltz, throughout most of the year, I did not think he was gonna reach 20 goals. He's he's now he's hasn't really been like a major goal guy. He's definitely like more of a playmaker, but since returning from injury, he has looked like a man on a mission and he's at 16 right now. He is like barring something bad happening or just an extended downturn. And this is the coyotes. They get very streaky, both good and bad. There could be a down, down, like a downshift for, for but I don't think so. I, th- I think everyone's locked in. They've bought into the system and they're being rewarded. And we're already getting dividends on, you know, Bears style and players like Smaltz, like Clayton Keller. Like, I I am so glad that, n- that Clayton Keller has just erased any kind of lightning rod controversy from his contract. He is the Coyotes' best played player and it is difficult to argue if there's anyone else who should be getting paid more than him at this point. Um, he, I, I do want to just talk about one more thing because it did look like he was trying really hard to get Schmaltz's hat trick. And you know, he wanted to like hockey players are known for being unselfish, especially a guy like Cle- Keller who has been playing with Schmaltz since the team acquired him off and on. Um, you know that he wanted to get him that that extra thing. But Clayton Keller also wants to score goals himself. And he found himself in just a perfect position. He had to muscle off a defenseman and dangle the puck out of the stick. Just a beautiful goal from Clayton Keller. Uh, I am sorry that he didn't get it over to Schmaltz. It would have been great for Schmaltz to get a hat trick. Or even Jacob Chikrin, I would like to see him. Nick Ritchie, can you imagine him getting a hat trick? Uh, just a few games into being a Coyote, uh, that would just you know, blow the minds of everyone in Toronto, which would be fun. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun game. Does the Coyote's success continue on Thursday against the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think so. I I don't think the Coyotes can continue producing this much offense, but I didn't think they'd be able to do it again uh, against Detroit. So who knows? Uh, Honestly, like your guess is as good as mine when the old Coyotes are going to be back. Uh, Hopefully never. Hopefully the Coyotes have like just kind of absorbed enough from like what they need to do that everything's just clicking and they're not going to go back to the way things were before but i I don't see this lasting forever either way it's a it's a lot of fun while it's lasting uh i really enjoyed last night's game i hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Uh, hopefully Robin will be back for tomorrow's episode when we preview the Toronto Maple Leafs. If not, maybe uh, Friday, recapping that game, talking about the Boston Bruins. But hopefully soon. Um, she was back uh, last week. Um, unfortunately, just waiting to get for her back from California. Either way, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me today. Uh, hope you liked what you heard. If you still want more hockey, feel free to check out Fantasy Hockey on the Locked On Network. Otherwise, hope you're staying safe out there. Hope you have a nice day. And don't forget to howl on.